0: Hi, I'm George, and I'm Dan, and I'm Rick, and And together we are Queer Magnolias. Each week we're going to talk about what it was like to grow up gay in the South, the trials and the tribulations, oh honey the joy and the struggle, and how we eventually became who we are today, queer and fabulous. So come on in y'all and get comfortable, shug. Stay with us until the end. And then we'll grab a cocktail and meet up on the front porch for my favorite part of the podcast, Happy Hour.
1: Thanks, everybody, for joining us. This is Queer Magnolias, and today's episode is titled Mama's Boys. Before I turn it over to the guys, though, I just
2: want to let you know where you can find us. Look for us everywhere you find your podcast. And if this is your first time joining us, please subscribe so you never miss a cocktail of the week. All right, boys, take it away.
0: Thank you, Jacob. Well today's episode I'm very excited about because I think my favorite way to describe myself is I'm a straight up mama's boy. I love my mother so much and today we're talking about our mamas. Mamas same way.
1: Mama figures. Mother figures, exactly.
0: (laughs) Mama figures, not mother.
2: I told you about that. Mother's different. Mother's a half a word. This ain't no mommy
0: dearest. Uh -uh. (laughs) Don't fuck with me, fellas. right. Well, why don't you tell us about your mother, Danny?
2: Oh, I tell you, I had such a great relationship with my mother. Uh, Her name was Marjorie. Her nickname was Snooks. Something that (laughs) she tried later in life to bury. She was the youngest of six kids and full of piss and vinegar. She was definitely the life of the party. Never, ever could there be a person that could be more attributable to my bad sense of humor than my mother. Mm -hmm. She was hysterical, always playing pranks. She (laughs) was also the size of a model. That heifer never dieted one day in her life. She never did one exercise one day in her life. And at 71, her flat stomach finally expanded a little
1: bit. Oh, she went from a size zero to a size one? Uh-huh. Yeah,
2: basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, but she was such fun. Uh, she would much rather I had been model thin, and that certainly didn't happen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. She also had wonderful OCD, and I say wonderful because I loved her. We were very close. But oh Lord, she could worry the hell out of anything and anyone over <laughs> something that got under her skin.
0: You told a story once about flowers outside a window or something oh,
1: <laughs> she had to have. It's, <laughs> how, it's, it's how they cut the grass it's how in the, the white the grass. house. Home. Yes. In the white home, honey.
2: That's right. Oh, so there are two different things. So <laughs> later in life, mama lived in an apartment building and all the man, all the shrubs were manicured perfectly. Except the one outside of my mother's window. She worried the absolute hell out of the manager until they cut the shrub at half the size. I mean, it was like a twig left out there because <laughs> she needed to be able to see and there could not be a bug that could have leapt from the bush to her window because she was having none of that.
0: <laughs> I she, love her already.
2: <laughs> but she, she, when I was little, um, As in the seventies, you know, mother's little helper, mama took three or four volume a day and she drank a lot of coffee and cigarettes. That may have been why she was
0: thin. (laughs) But yeah, she. Like mother like daughter.
2: Well, there is that. So, one year for Christmas, uh, Daddy had bought her a pair of pinking shears because that's really what she wanted for oh, Christmas. this and, story. Uh-huh. And he had <laughs> wrapped up the pinking shears. And as I have said before, my dad traveled. So, one day, Mama was short on the volume and she decided <laughs> she wanted to know what was in the box. Just so everyone knows, my mother opened every present under the Christmas tree every year because she could take the tape off and put it back and it could never be told that the tape was off. So Daddy had bought the pinking shears and he had had it wrapped at Belk's and they had They had taped this Christmas present to death and she could not figure out a way to get into it. This was professionally done. (laughs) Professionally (laughs) done. Well,
0: she's a professional as well though. She was, but she couldn't
2: figure out how to steam the tape off or whatever. (laughs) It was probably something to do with the paper.
0: So she takes
2: me. No, he did that
0: on purpose. (laughs) He did. Oh, he did for (laughs) sure.
2: So she takes me by the arm and she pulls me up close to her and she said, Look me in the eye and tell me these aren't pinking shears. To which I started to cry and then she <laughs> realized that she might have gone a little too far. So the minute daddy got home, I told him and I, there were very few times I saw them have a, an argument or a disagreement. He threatened to disband all of Christmas over that. Flash forward a few years later and she's short another volume and I have to, I do the yard work. So I cut the grass and all. This was pre weed eater days. So, my mother could not abide by grass touching the side of the house. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, she gave me those fucking pinking shears, which she wasn't sewing anymore, and I got on my hands and knees, and this is the honest to God's truth. I had to trim the grass around the side of the house with those fucking pinking shears so the grass would not touch the side of the house. Oh, my God. Love the woman. If she could have only lived in New York City, she used to beg my dad to pave the yard. And he would say, Snooks, who in the fuck paves? Oh, he didn't say that. He was religious. He'd say, who would ever pave a yard? And my mother would say, well, I wouldn't have grass touching the side of the house if you'd paved the yard. Beautiful,
1: (laughs) beautiful concrete as far as the eye can see.
2: One by one, systematically, she worried my dad until he cut down every single tree in the yard. Oh, y'all had a bald yard. Oh, we did? <laughs> oh, and you were that house. <laughs> yeah, we were that house. One by one. Because all the neighbors that had shrubs, you'd say, there's something hiding in that shrub. It's a bug, a snake. It doesn't matter. There's something in those shrubs. Well, you
0: know, I can appreciate that. <laughs> I feel the same way a lot of times. You know my uh, issue with anything uh-huh. with more than four legs. Right? <clears throat> and crooked and turning things on an
2: angle. Yes, I I'm aware of your... Style, you're, you're, I, thought we
0: were I thought we were talking about your mother. <laughs> I
2: think we are. <laughs> well, you are a mother some days. <laughs> uh, yeah. She was, you know, she was a lot of fun. She really, really was. I mean, she did not mind cracking a joke. She used to sit next to the fat women during a baby shower, and she'd tell them nasty jokes very quietly. So, of course, they would just (laughs) burst out laughing in the middle of the church baby shower. Somebody would say, well, what are you laughing at? And my mother would just sit there with a stone-cold face. (laughs) I had nothing to do with it, she would say.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of that got passed on to you. I've seen well, you sit in the corner at parties. And, <laughs> yes, right. and be the instigator. <laughs> oh, <that's funny. laughs> yeah, this
2: apple didn't fall from, from the tree
1: either. It's funny. <laughs> what about you, George? So, as y'all know, I was raised by my... Paternal grandparents. Right. So I'm not going to talk about my mother. Okay. I'm going to talk about my grandma. Aww. Um, Nellie Gray Whitehead Skinner. She was born in 1924. Nellie Gray. Nellie Gray. And I will. And about her, I will. I will quote Rhett Butler after Melanie's death. She was the only completely kind person I ever knew. Aww. Aww. It doesn't get any better than Aww. that. I mean. Um. So she had four children of her own. And then at fifty-four, she took in her four-year-old grandchild, me. Uh-huh. Blessing of her life. So <laughs> sure, that's
2: what she said to grandpa of course just before what you she got
1: said. there. Her little queer magnolia. It's completely. Completely. She was uh, she was a very quiet woman. She rarely raised her voice until she had to. Mm-hmm. Um she uh she and was And then she meant business. And she meant business. Mm-hmm. And you knew because mm-hmm. she never raised her voice, you knew if if it happened, Oh, somebody, yeah, you so, something was going down. Something had something, something had done happen. <laughs> um, and most of my memories about her revolve around the kitchen. Uh, she was because she was always in the kitchen. And I look back at that now and I think, well, that's so warm and fuzzy and nostalgic for me. But well, that was probably hell for her. Yeah, because every day without fail, she put three meals on the table Every day without fail, she made, she baked biscuits. I'm talking summertime. I'm talking no air conditioning. I'm talking this, this was drudgery if you really think about it. Whereas I look back and I go, Oh, you were putting up cucumbers and making pickles and stewed tomatoes and butter beans in the Mm. freezer. How fun for you, right? You know, yeah, it's not fun, not fun at all. But I remember so well, like she'd make chicken pastry and she'd roll it out super, super thin and then hang it on every single pot and bowl that we had in the house so it could dry.
2: Yep.
1: Or um, sitting and shelling, like, endless amounts of butter beans and snap peas sitting in front of, like, that Friday night block of Dallas and Falcon Crest. Right. Did, you, did she work, or? No, she was, she kept. She, she was, was a homemaker. A, she was a homemaker throughout my childhood. While I knew her, I know there was a point in her earlier years that she did work. She worked um, at a shirt factory. So she was excellent seamstress. She knew how to sew. So did well. my
2: mom. Mine, too. Did she, yeah. So all three of us, North Carolina is a very big textile state, and most of the women that worked outside of the home typically worked in a textile mill of some sort.
1: hmm
2: Where, my grandma worked at Devil Dog? Oh, I knew where Devil Dog mm-hmm. is. Mama worked at Albane and Hampton and Tiffany. hmm
0: uh, my mother worked at Haynes, I think, was the big thing in mm. uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina. And uh, she did that for years, many yeah. years. But she was also a nurse. And uh, at one point, she uh, stopped working in the mill and started working in the hospital. And then uh, we'll get into that later. But yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So did did your grandma, did her children come often to the oh, house?
1: sure, sure. Yes. um, Very, very cl- close family. I'm. Mean, there was a point where me, my grandmother, and my grandfather actually lived with her oldest daughter and her husband and her two kids. So It was all seven of us in one big house way out in Lukama. Oh, Lord. Out in the country, honey. Way out in the country. For all you Nancy Drew people out there, you should Google Lukama.
2: I don't know why you ever would, but <laughs> it
0: doesn't even show up on a map. I mean,
1: uh, not unless you expand the map really, really large. Child. So she, you know, and she ran that household. She ran that household of seven people. And like I said, cooked for seven people, did laundry for seven people, cleaned for seven people. Um, but she always, always made time for me. No matter what crazy off the wall idea I had that I wanted her to like to conspire with me to do, or like what ridiculous thing I wanted her to sew for some Halloween costume. She never said no. That's no. so cool. It was incredibly, incredibly sweet. And 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 I look back on it, I think it must have been very difficult to balance that much time because I was a needy ass child. <laughs> Shocking. I know. I know. Um oh, bless Nellie Craig. Hi. Bless her. Right. You know, in the early 2000s, she had had a series of strokes, and I got that call from my dad. I was like, if you want to see your grandma, you need to come home, because obviously I was living here by then. Um, And I remember walking into the hospital room, and I had to, like, turn around immediately and walk back out and just break down in tears in the hallway, because it was just, it wasn't the grandma that I remembered, and it was so hard to swallow. Um. But you have to be brave and go in and... and You do. You do, and it's what you do. Or the family talks about you. you got a choice. Well... But when you love someone and
2: and you've been loved by someone, you do what you have to do to go in and face it. Absolutely. And it may tear your heart out, and it may
1: be the hardest thing you ever do. But when you've been loved and you love someone, that's what you do. And that's exactly what happened. It was so hard, and there's a photo that we, I have of that hospital visit. And it breaks me to look at that. Um, it's so hard, but I'm so happy that I have it. Um, and
2: and it did was, she pass away
1: soon afterwards? She did. Or? Okay. And of all the people that I've lost over the years, like family members and friends that have come and gone, some friends that have died, lovers that have come and gone. She's that one person in my life that I miss every single day. And it's that one heartache that I think will never ever heal.
2: I don't think it will either. So we love that's you.
1: My, uh, thank you. Um so that's that's my mama. Mm-mm.
2: It is and, and there again, it's the southern thing. That is your mama. She, exactly. And she's she not would never mother. be grandmother. No. She would she's always gonna be mama. She was oh, she was grandmama. And, and is this a grandmother with the strawberry thingy, my Bob shortcake so, or whatever no, that is? No, this did
1: not start my strawberry shortcake obsession. That was my other grandmother. <laughs> okay. She who gifted me one on the, my, graduation day from kindergarten.
0: Oh.
1: <gasps> and it did it's not, all I wanted in the world and <laughs> and it did not come with a tent. No tent no, at all. <laughs> no. This grandma, my grandma Skinner, she would actually make dolls for me. This was part <gasps> of my crazy sewing projects I would come up with, but we would call them puppets.
2: Oh. So it was okay. <laughs> but it's okay. You know, It's funny the indulgences we get that some parents may not be able to label exactly what they want to label it, so they call it a puppet.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I was interested in, quote-unquote, puppets. There you go.
2: (laughs) Rick does some puppet things, but that's a different different episode.
0: That's a different episode. What about you, Mr. Clifton? Uh, I have been close to my mom for as far back as I can remember, and um, I will just go ahead and share her name for the world, just so you everybody knows. Her name is Bertha Jewel. Well already. <laughs> been. it. It does, get, does it. not get more Southern than no, that. Not really. Miss, Miss Bertha Jewell. Um, and but, she comes with both names, doesn't she? <laughs> she, she does. Uh, at one point in my teenage years, I thought I would call her BJ for a while, and that didn't really work out. <laughs> I quickly learned why that would not work. <laughs> well, <laughs> BJ and the Bear? <laughs> yeah, he liked BJ and the Bear for him. an entirely different reason. Again, another episode. I think as I look back growing up with my mom, if there's one thing I can remember about her, she was a bit of a fashionista. Um, not in that she was a labels whore like you, Danny, but just that she always wanted new clothes. Uh, she, she had the world's biggest closet and it was just so much fun to play in. Mm colors (laughs) colors <laughs> where's my boa mom Yes, exactly uh but she she had the fancy clothes she had she always had the hair done she always had uh makeup oh i have to find photos of my mom with her beehive uh she had a beehive at one point and uh it's just oh she's just she was always just uh, that person who was always uh dressed up for church and uh dressed up every time she goes out and even as she got older and uh you know she's always always been about the fashion and the jewelry and all of that stuff
2: and your mom's petite as well as she, she is
0: yes and uh, i think the other day in talking to her she was telling me that she had gained weight she's a whole 89 pounds <sighs>
1: I need to know what her diet is,
0: honey. <laughs> my left leg weighs 89 pounds. I almost hung up on her. I was That's like, right. How dare you insult me like that? I remember I used to actually play in the closet. Loved being in that closet with uh, her closet. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds weird, doesn't it? No. Uh, <laughs> but to I used all of us. <laughs> I loved being in the closet. Well, I
2: so I'm going to jump in there and tell you that my dad had an aunt that was quite a bit older, obviously, than my mom and dad. And I used to stay with her quite a bit. And she indulged me on in a lot of that, uh, much to the horror of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when they found out from the neighbor that Danny might have been parading down the street. And uh, and Christine's uh, pumps, gown. and no, not <laughs> gown, Pumps and carrying a purse. And if you know me, I have a whole closet full of bags. Oh, to this day, I yes, love purses. You
0: <laughs> do. And, and you'll you'll parade around anywhere with a purse. I, right? <laughs> I do
2: not care. It's a lot of things I have to take with me every day. I
1: have to have a bag. You just don't call it a pocketbook anymore. I don't call it a pocketbook. <laughs> and it doesn't
2: have one of those metal snaps That's on
1: the right. top either. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, that's funny. So now I see Good.
1: Rick. I'm picturing you going through your mom's jewelry box and picking out your Wonder Woman bangles. Oh, of <laughs> course. Right. I, I
0: think I said at one point uh, I used to find different uh, different Wonder Woman gauntlets uh, growing up, and it was always hers. I like, see. What she got? What she got? <laughs> you know, she bought
2: those things with you
0: and mom. <laughs> she probably did. But you know, I will say, I always felt like I could tell my mom anything. You know she just I felt that close to her. Uh, I remember in elementary school when I was in seventh grade, um, I tried out for cheerleading, and oh. I was the very first male in the entire history of I went to a k through eight school mm-hmm. the very first Male in the entire history of that school to ever try out for cheerleading. I did it on a dare. Yes, and there were three or four of us uh, guys who we got dared to do it, and I was like, "All right, let's do it." And I was the only one that followed through, and Yay. I did not make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was told afterwards that although I was good enough, they didn't that they didn't think it was uh, a they good weren't ready They weren't
2: ready to do that. But I, I really would love to see you with some
0: pom poms. <laughs> so. During the tryouts phase yes. of cheerleading, before they actually picked the cheerleaders, um, I would show up to every single one, and I was teased relentlessly by people at school because I kept going. Mm-hmm. And it was my mom, who I'd come home and tell her what had happened, and she would sit down with me, and she'd be like, this, if this is what you really want to do, then you keep doing it. That's and, so cool. Yeah. That's so sweet. So that's why I felt like I could tell my mother anything <laughs> until I did. Until <laughs> so did. The one thing. <laughs> the one thing. A mother's yeah. shame, Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, we talked about it in the coming out episode, but her reaction to me coming out to her made me recant, made yep. me back mm-hmm. up and, and sort of tell her that it was a uh, project that I was working on, a thesis I was working on for school, and I wanted to get her honest reaction. And then everything sort of changed, I think, from that point, uh, in that I started to back away from her a little bit and not be as open with her. I still brought friends home. Uh, I brought my boyfriend's home. Uh, I brought some colorful characters home back in the day, and she welcomed every single person through that door. Uh, It didn't matter who they were, uh, you know, or she, her house was their house. That's so cool. That really is great. You know, she was like the cool mom growing up. And I remember when, uh, as a teenager, when my friends would run away from home <laughs> they always came to our house and she always let them stay she's like you stay as long as you want but oh. the only requirement is that you have to tell your parents where you are and uh, and she, and they did and she was just really great that way she well, took it was a lot the cool of mom she was yeah, she yeah.
2: certainly was as nice as my mom was with me you wouldn't have stayed over at our house Yep. She wouldn't. She, just,
1: have, she wouldn't have fed you either. Uh-uh. <laughs> no.
2: Oh no, that's a whole different episode about
0: food. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so after coming out to my mom the second time, uh, it's like that closeness never left. It immediately returned, and. Uh, from that point forward, I've tried to make it a goal to be, go home every single year at least once, if not more. And I have not missed a year yet. Sometimes I'll go two or three times. Uh, you know, I talk to her, um, I wouldn't say every day, that's a bit <laughs> much, but uh, yes, I do try to talk to her once. Yes, he does. No, I talked to her at least once a week, if not more. I taught her how to, we call it texting, um, but I taught her how to do that. And now she's just a monster, man. She's always texting me. I think I have five texts from her already this morning. But uh, um, she was, she was number 10 out of 15 siblings, brothers and sisters. Holy cow. Yes. Wow. So we Huge family. Your huge. grandmother was tired. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And cooking for all them children. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, no, no. They taught, no, she taught them how to cook. They didn't cook oldest so. one coming up. Uh, In the kitchen. Exactly.
2: Well, my mother used to say her oldest sister practically raised her. And I think that's the way you do when you grow up poor. Mm-hmm.
0: So I will say out of 15 brothers and sisters, she is now the last one standing. And as she's gotten older, though, she has been... Completely adamant and fiercely maintaining her independence. It's uh, She doesn't want to uh, go into a home. She doesn't have uh, tried to look into maybe putting her in some kind of assisted living program. Mm-hmm. And she insists on living with my brother and he takes care of her. And, uh, you know, she just absolutely wants to be independent. She doesn't want to be in any kind of program.
2: So. I think that's important too. You know, some people like to be taken care of. My dad liked to be taken care of. My mom was the opposite. She was very independent. Um she drove she was eighty-one years old when she passed away. She drove on Tuesday before she passed away on Sunday. And the reason she didn't drive between Tuesday and Sunday is she had not been feeling well. Okay. But she drove herself um, and she had a cell phone like your mom does and she was very independent. And I, I appreciate that. At one point she thought about going into a home. My mother was very particular and I reminded her that if she went into a home, she'd have to share a space with someone else. She quickly decided she didn't need a home. <laughs> right. She'd happily die right uh-huh. where she mm, was even, right. you know, when, when her turn came. Danny,
1: get them on the phone. We can't <laughs> <on> the
2: reservation. <laughs> I mean, any woman that has them cut down to shrubs, can you imagine if she shared a space with someone? No, I don't think Mm-mm. so.
0: Mm-mm. Well, my mother just, uh, would, my mother drives herself as well. She just bought a brand new car, as a matter of fact. She hates it. I was like, well, why'd you buy it, woman? And she's like, well, you know, it was prettier on the lot. <laughs> I'm like, well, then take it back to the damn lot and get what you want. So she's just.
2: Let's see where you get it.
0: To. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Anyway,
0: <laughs> I think it might be time. Say it. My favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> What's today's cocktail?
2: It's a fiery tangerine. Oh, right it's made okay. with gin and tangerine juice and a little bit of fire water. Homemade fire water. Far like
0: water. Moonshine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a Serrano chili, a quarter cup of sugar, and a cup of water boiled vigorously. Well, cheers to well, that. Well, cheers mm-hmm. here.
0: There we go. Cheers.
2: Yum, yum. Far water. Fire water, huh? Comes from the far tire.
0: Oh, that's delicious. Ooh, that has a kick. I love it. Mmm.
2: Because of the fire water, it gives it a kick to it, which makes it very refreshing, very delicious. Oh, here's to and mamas. Here's to mama's. to mamas. That's right. And for some, as LaWanda Page used to say, sometimes mother is half a word.
1: LaWanda Page. Oh, I loved Aunt Esther. Aunt Esther, honey, mm. yes. Uh,
2: nobody could sling a Bible like that woman. No one.
0: <laughs> you fish-eyed fool. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Aunt Esther, who are some of your favorite TV mamas? Oh, there are plenty. There are, and, are like, are and so, so diverse.
1: Big.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I loved, as a kid, loved Carolyn Jones as Morticia Adams. Oh, <gasps> yes. Because as kooky as this family was, <laughs> they had so much familial love. And that woman was the backbone of that family.
2: Absolutely.
1: And she loved her children, and she loved her husband, and she was house proud, and she was going to hear a thing against any of them from anybody. That's you know? right.
0: Love me some Morticia.
2: Love Morticia. Absolutely. And you know, that was my first introduction to Carolyn Jones, and little did I know how many different things she had done and how many movies she'd been in long before The Adams Family. Oh, sure. She's very, she was very, very talented.
1: And so beautiful.
2: And beautiful and fun and funny and but as Morticia, she ruled And she owned
1: that role. <laughs> yes, now, she did. I also, you know, years later, I love Angelica Houston as Morticia in the yes. movies. Like you it's but it's night and day. Like it's so very different and they're both so amazing.
2: And as much as I like Yvonne DiCarlo, I the monsters her portrayal of the mother monster was not a good one. The lily monster, yeah. She not was cute, favorite. but not my favorite either.
0: Not my uh, favorite.
1: Carolyn Jones, though, rocked it. And for me, the flip side of the Carolyn Jones, but, but an equal mother that I loved watching on television, was Esther Rolle in Good Times. Oh, okay. Florida. Florida, Florida. Uh, yes. I love Florida. and I th- And I know that the reason I loved Florida so much is because she reminded me so much of my grandma. How strong. And again, you know, Florida was that character where she didn't. She didn't. She didn't raise her voice often, but when she did, you better listen. Uh-huh. Damn! 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 <laughs> damn, damn. <laughs> uh, one that's
2: more recent that I absolutely adore is Constance Langdon from American Horror. Story. Oh yeah, honey. <laughs> I, she is everything Esther Esterol was. No, she, she <laughs> was not a good mother. No, no. She she had one purpose, and that was to live her life her way and. To be damned with everyone else. All of it. But I tell you, I just enjoyed it. She ate the furniture in a quiet (laughs) way. So unassuming, but so fun. So much fun.
1: I don't know if you know this, Rick, but once upon a time ago, a few years ago, Dan and I were in a little... American Horror Story parody video, which which from I seem to remember a little something about where his love of constant (laughs) Lang springs from, because uh, he was uh, Miss Jessica Lang in this video.
0: Oh, and I
2: was just the perfect dress size, too, to replace her. (laughs) I I don't know why Ryan Murphy didn't ask me to be a stand-in for Jessica. I
1: mean, girl, I'm sure he just lost her address. Exactly, yeah. He couldn't get through. (laughs) My agent. Mm -hmm. So In this video, I played Jessica's very ill-mannered son. Evan Peters, Tate. Tate Langdon. That's right. And since then, since that video shoot, I have always referred to Dan as mama because of that. Aww.
0: <laughs> so See, Dan is, a is mama for morning, is, Yeah, mother is half a word, honey. <laughs> My mother watched a lot of soap operas, and to this day, she still watches one in particular: Days of Our Lives. Ooh, so it days. was always Alice Horton for me. She like she is just the epitome of uh, what a mother should be, what a grandmother could be, and all of those things. So um, I'm a big Alice Horton fan, and a
2: strong woman as well. I mean, there Alice was the matriarch but she didn't suffer
0: fools very easily Ooh. and
2: she got her way one way or another yeah, and, and that was one thing that was always great about her
0: and they always wrote her uh, into active roles they kept her very active as uh, as she got older you were a lot of uh, TV characters grandmothers and stuff sort of sit in the background and they're always there for the Christmas uh, tree shot and all of that right. Francis Reed uh, absolutely a part of every single storyline for many many years like anything that was happening on the other side of the world when they go on location shoots she was always in the middle of it always in trouble <laughs> and i just absolutely sort of like adore her i can you, see yet again how you would relate to her
1: you're talking
2: always about. in trouble in some part of the world
1: yeah you know, that makes me think of jane wyman mm-hmm. from falcon crest oh, yes thing. and she was a mother to be reckoned with mm. and
0: she was mother as a half a word that's well. right <laughs> Okay, but I think everybody at this table relates to somebody from Mama's Family, right? Oh, Mama's Family. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: I'm here to tell you both, so be prepared. When I become an old woman, I'm Mama. That's <laughs> is what's is happening, <laughs> Harper, right here, in the flesh.
2: Just please don't wear those oh, it's baggy happen- hoes. Well, it's happening. Roll down to my
1: ankles. <laughs> house dress
0: <laughs> happening. Oh, oh the photo shoot this would be great for a photo shoot <laughs> I
1: totally get it as much as I'd like to be the
0: Naomi right vent 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 and oh my lord what about your real life other mother we've all had a real life other mother right yeah I think I so I can't be the only one absolutely well, yours Mm. Yes. Go ahead. No, no. no. <laughs> Go, ahead.
1: Go
0: ahead. Well, your mother's still alive, so I
1: can't say. Well, I think, no, your other mothers would be really, really old. I think we're talking about like other mother figures, people True. that come into our lives and have played that role. Because at some point, that certainly happened for everyone. I you think You have someone so. that comes and I gives that so. guidance and gives you that love or gives you that nurture or gives you that lesson. Yep. That perhaps you didn't get from your real mother or we're not getting at that time.
2: Right, or you needed an extension of what you got. Exactly. Uh, I remember when I was younger, I was absolutely obsessed with Della Reese's voice as a singer. And then when I first moved to California, I knew that she was a minister here in Los Angeles. Don't
1: touched by an angel for uh, real, by, honey. For
2: real. And I sought out her and went to her church for many years and enjoyed it very much. And she was always bringing a message in so many different ways and it wasn't always just from a pulpit if you knew her on the side you knew that she could tell a dirty joke with the best <laughs> of us <Attagirl. laughs> and and she too didn't suffer fools easily like my mom mm-hmm. if if Della didn't like you you know straight to your face because she didn't run tell somebody else to tell you she told you right to your face i didn't always think Della was right just as i didn't always think my mom was right but I loved the conviction that both of them brought when they said. Yeah, you respect this is... that. You come to respect that. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. And I think if you take it and you look at it and you apply it to your own life, you can do the same thing. Whatever your truth is, is what you must live. I remember a woman one time said to me when my parents were getting a divorce and I was upset that one had said something. And Jesse said to me, Danny, you know, your mother has her truth and your daddy has his truth, they may not be the same truth, but to them, it's, it's their, their truth. truth. And yeah. never the twain shall meet me. No. Well, not when you get the divorce. No. So, but it, that was a wonderful life lesson. You know, just some angel comes to give you this little bit of wisdom and it has stuck with me all these years.
0: My other mother uh, was a lady by the name of Carolyn Smith uh, and she was the mother of a friend of mine, Jackie. Uh, and she kind of just, and like the first day I met her, we clicked and oh. I, she's since passed away, but I just, I, I, if I had to think about someone other than my own mother that could step into that role very easily, it was Carolyn. And she oh, was British. Nice. Uh, she had that sort of odd british uh sense of humor she had the accent she you know the whole thing and she just she took care of us i mean she was really just uh, a fantastic lady your own
1: personal mary poppins (laughs) (laughs) Ah,
0: yes umbrella and all All right and is this where you grew up (laughs) no this is here this is here here in in los Los angeles
2: Angeles. yeah so that's a nice tribute to her that's you know it's not always easy if you have a mother that you're close to and that you love to think of someone else as a replacement but it's a great honor when you do meet someone that you say, Oh, you know what? This one can be my second mama right here. And I like that. George, did you have who's one your other husband? mother? Yeah.
1: Um well I, I do. I have one that I think of in, in, in real life, and then I have a celebrity other mother. Yes. Um my celebrity other mother is Martha Stewart. Yes. <gasps> of course. Because I felt like growing up. Being raised by my grandparents, there was a lot about life that I wasn't taught because I was a boy, a feminine boy, but a boy. Oh, yeah. So go. I didn't get a lot of, like, this is how you cook or this is how you do the right, do laundry correctly or this is how I didn't get those things. And then growing up, and of course, not having a wife, I needed to know how to do those things. Yeah. And I think that's where Martha stepped in. And she showed you how she showed you and taught you how to do all of these things on your own and she and i think the thing that she does so well so so well is she instills in you the belief and the courage and the knowledge to try something you've never done and she's going to walk with you every step of the way and teach you she's an amazing teacher yes and i've always looked at her like a mother figure for that because there's so many things that i I'm so proficient at now because of, and I say, oh, I learned how to do this because of Martha Stewart. And the list is endless of those tasks, those things that that. I
2: learned. I like that. You know, one of the things that I remember growing up, my parents weren't the kind that would send a thank you note. You know, you had us over for dinner, so we'll send you Mm -hmm. a thank you note. That wasn't something that ever happened in my life growing up. Etiquette. Yes, but you see someone like Martha Stewart who will teach you how to write a proper thank you note for a
1: lovely time. Absolutely, not just how to write it, but the allotted amount of time you have to write it. Yes, you know, and so that's the kind of thing that I love. There's so and that that etiquette, that poise. I think she's tremendous. I agree. She knows what she's doing. She does, and she's so. In command. But don't cross her. (laughs) And I love that. Precisely. I I love that. I respect
0: the shit out of that.
2: What there again is somebody who knows their mind and they speak it and they act on it and they move on. And she has a prison record.
0: Hello. Hello. (laughs) She's a felon.
1: (laughs) Right. So that's my celebrity other mother. And my real life other mother was my partner's mother who I had a very brief time of knowing and loving from the word go Um, when I met his mother it was instant love and I thought oh so this is where all this all the tribulations I've had with my own mother have led like now I get a chance to do it right Um, and I only actually had her in my life for one year before she passed and I'm so grateful for that time. And I'm so happy that she was in my life. And I'm so grateful to my partner and his family for allowing me to be part of their family for that small amount of time.
2: It is very very sweet. Cool. I love that. It's also so enlightening when you meet a mother or father who you would say, Oh, this person could be that and you see the beauty of their love and their kindness and they are inclusive they're not the kind of person who excludes someone
1: else absolutely and that is that is precious and you know I think you know you've said many times Dan that as adults we choose our own families we do Um, and this is such a huge example of that because we do we find the people to fill the roles and We build that family outside because if we're not getting what we need at home, we are going to get those needs met somewhere. You will find it. Yes. And
2: especially if you're open to finding it. I mean. You know, my mom used to say, if you had a shitty childhood and you're grown, now it's your turn to find the family that gives you what you need. Yes. And while I think mama had a very simplistic view on that, I
1: do think she's right. Well, y'all, as my um, great-aunt Lucy used to say, my ice cubes are dry. Oh. So I think this might be the end of the front porch. I, I think it's time to mosey back inside, y'all. <laughs> Make <laughs> a fresh one. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
2: well, thank you for joining us on the front porch. We hope to see you soon.
1: Bye, y'all. Y'all come back now. <laughs> you here.
2: Queer Magnolias is a weekly podcast hosted by Rick Clifton, Danny White, and George Skinner and produced by yours truly, Jagan McGinnis. You can find us everywhere you find your podcasts, so please take a few minutes to leave a rating or review. We definitely look forward to hearing from you. If this is your first time joining us, please subscribe to receive the next episode automatically. Thank you for following us on Twitter at Queer Magnolias and on Instagram at Queer Magnolias Podcast or email us at Queer Magnolias Podcast at gmail.com.